2: Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Method's manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com chick. That's winggirlmethod.com chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, this show is a little bit different. We have two pretty fascinating women who have done something quite remarkable. They created a podcast on how people date and really were investigative reporters seeing how dating actually happened and they have some amazing insights to share about what makes a good date, what makes a bad date, things to say, things to not to say. It is absolutely fascinating. So, please keep listening. Women Podcast. I have some amazing women on the show with me today. I have Huete and Jessie Baker, who are the founders of Magnificent Noise. And I'm not even gonna try and attempt to explain this because I think that they're going to do a better job at explaining just how amazing it is what they've done in the world of dating. And I'm going to call it investigative reporting because that's really what you're doing, right? You're just watching, (laughs) analyzing and assessing people and giving me the good information so that I can share it with the guys who are listening to the podcast. So thank you and welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you for having us.
2: So, who wants to take the lead and tell my guys what it is that you've done? Uh, here, to, Why don't we do this a little bit together, back and forth, you and me? Okay, let's do it.
1: So, we make a podcast called This is Dating, and it is like no other podcast that I've ever listened to. And essentially, we looked for daters who were stuck, who were single, and their friends all thought they knew why they were single. They thought they knew why they were single, and we helped them. So, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. How old are they?
0: All of these daters happen to be in their 30s. In their 30s, okay. Yeah, but that wasn't intentional. We actually really want to explore daters of all ages.
1: Okay. And those were all the notes, all the emails, all the letters we got. It was like, I'm 22 or I'm 62 and where am I on your show? It's happening. It's all coming. But right now the first four daters were in their 30s by happenstance. They all had different things that they thought were wrong with their relationship or their search for relationships. And we paired them with a dating coach. We paired them with hot dates. (laughs) And (laughs) Huete can speak to that because Huete was largely the producer who was out there looking for what would be a good match for each one of these daters.
0: Yeah. And then we curated these dates, which were all done virtually. So Jesse and I spent a lot of time before the actual dates planning, how to actually make this more than just another Zoom call that you get on. Right. So for one of our dates, we planned a scavenger hunt to help them like warm up and get to know each other. For another date, they made drinks together. So we curated the experience at the beginning, but then we also had a set of questions that we prepared specifically for them to help them connect a little bit more. So I'm going to keep
2: on interrupting because I'm fascinated. Were these mainly men that you were helping or were these men and women? Who were the four people? There were two men and two women. And two women. And you paired Uh them up with other people, not with each other. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And
1: you followed the same person on a few dates so that you kind of got to know each one of the four daters. And each episode you would learn something new about who they were going out with or why we liked this match. Or the fun thing was sometimes people come in with a set of criteria of what they think they want or who they think they want. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we gave them that. And sometimes we're like, okay, we set you up with what you said you wanted. Now try this. With the idea is dating has become so transactional, so superficial, and dates feel like job interviews. They don't feel like conversations.
2: They're not fun. It's supposed to yeah, be fun. It's supposed exactly. to be a connection. Okay, so what did you find? Like, I'm so fascinated by this. What did you discover from working with these four people, following them on this journey, giving them what they want, not giving
0: them what they want? What happened? Yeah. So, I mean, you said the word that we kept at the forefront for ourselves throughout the season, which was our job is to help foster connection, not necessarily to help each person find the love of their life. Because that is just not something, that's another show. Like that's reality (laughs) television and we make podcasts about
2: relationships and communications and connections. So, Well, that's the biggest difficulty for so many people. And actually so many more people could pair up more and be in more satisfying relationships if they actually knew how to connect more, if they knew the better questions to ask. Because that's mainly what I help Guys, with it's about how do you take a boring date and make it interesting so that a woman feels more drawn to you. And really, at the core of that is teaching people how to connect, which is what you're doing. You're giving them questions, you're providing a fun environment. It's very similar to The Bachelor. You know what I mean? Like, you're giving them an interesting experience to be a part of so they can be most comfortable, they can be best prepared, and then showcase their best selves, which is an advantage that not many people have in the real dating world. So I think it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. And I think the part of what we learned in doing this was that teaching people and learning to be more vulnerable is what fosters real connection, right? So asking questions that actually allow you to open up a little bit and then encourage the other person to also share parts of themselves, I think is the big game changer. That was one of the biggest things I learned in making the show. You, Jesse?
1: Yeah. Well, one thing I will add to that too is that We made them anonymous. We wanted you to feel like you could be yourself and not worry about like who was listening in. And so by not using your real name and just you showing up on a date, preserved a little bit of space for you to go out on a risk or say things that
2: felt like you were being held and it was kind of a safe space. So can you tell me some of the patterns that you saw? Like, so I'm sure you saw people messing up as well, right? But then when you gave them better conversation starters or better questions, did they then have better dates? Like, So just remember that there are guys listening right now who are amazing men, who all they want is access to information on how to open themselves up, how to get women to open up on the flip side, and then how to better connect and obviously create attraction at the same time. So I would love if it's possible, if you could give a couple of examples of things you saw where men may have been flailing and then improvements
0: that you made that led them to better results. So I will say like one of our daters came in with a list of criteria of what he thought he needed in a partner. Do you mind sharing a little bit of like that? Yes. Yes. Jesse, do you remember the list? Must be a good dancer must love nature. Love nature. And the third one was? It has to be a good communicator.
1: Good communicator. And there, I think there might have been another one. But, but the must be a good dancer was like, what?
0: Okay, <laughs> but, like, that's a nice to have. But is that like top three? But okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. But he felt like being a good dancer said a lot more about someone than just the dance floor. Totally. So a lot of Our work with him, his work with a dating coach, and why we set him up on the kinds of dates we set him up on were to kind of dispel what it really was that was underlying that, like, need for this checklist to be fulfilled. It also made him question, like, are the people I'm actually attracted to, do they fulfill this criteria or is this an arbitrary criteria that I've just come up with? Wow. And without giving too much away, he walks away from the season feeling really transformed in what he's looking for in a partner. That's wonderful. I know you can't give too
2: much away, but can you maybe give a little bit of how it tweaked in terms of, or even just your own point of view? Like if you were to speak very openly about, you know, what he came to us saying that he wanted somebody who's a good dancer, but what he really wanted was somebody who knew their way around the best. Really him, who hot. wasn't as rich or, or, or fine. That's what he was saying. He just said was really hot or who had sex appeal.
0: Right. Totally. Jesse, wouldn't you say that ended up being like the real thing that was revealed that he wants? Yeah.
1: And to sort of like tell you where things end with him, both his dates were really hot. And the second one was someone who was like striking, like so striking that you would stop on the street and and just stare. But the way he ends it on the second date with this person is basically like, I could go out with you again. And I probably would like to, but I'd be repeating the thing that I always do, whereas chasing the person that I actually don't think I should be with or really wants to be with me, but I like this chase. And so there was no second date in that one, but it was like such a power move that Huete and I, so we're also sitting in quietly on these dates and we're dropping in questions when things seem like we've talked about real estate for too long or something like when it years into small talk we're like okay and now let's talk about this Wait, you're
2: advising that to the two of them or is it in an earpiece for him
1: so because we do it on a screen kind of like well we all talk to each other now we would just quietly drop them into the chat so they would see like you know okay question they want to know where we ticklish you know and sometimes we would do silly things like that just to kind of break the ice And then we would kind of build on it because you don't want to go deep too quickly. You want to have some fun getting some laughter into a date, you know, finding these like, even if it's kind of like anxious or nervous laughter, I really think that helps to foster connection is if you can find the humor in the situation.
0: Yeah,
2: I totally agree. I want to take a quick break and when we come back, I'd love for you to take these findings in like, even just the get to know you conversation. And maybe give some advice to guys on how to spot when it's getting dull in the conversation and how to do exactly what you just said, where you lighten it up with some humor, but also focus on connecting. So we'll be back shortly.
3: Our partners at Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and, of course, your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up today and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts.
2: If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting, or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag, but as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic yes magic you just apply the formula and see results instantly and it's that powerful to find out everything about this flirting formula all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about go to slash flirty and you'll find out all about it so now
3: that we're heading out of cuffing season which is that season where women want the guy to keep them warm at night so they're a little bit more easygoing or flexible on who they'll date, you're going to need to step up your game. And part of stepping up your game is stepping up your banter game. So many times guys lose out on girls because they don't know how to be fun, witty, engaging, clever, while also being down to earth and creating a real connection. So if you don't want to lose out on the chick because you don't know how to communicate and you're just boring and flat, then take a couple banter sessions with me. I promise you, your dates will go through the roof. Not just because you're throwing them up there because you're so muscular, but the actual number count is going to go up, I promise. So go to kristenandchill.com, scroll down, click banter, and choose your package to get those banter skills in shape where this summer, it's gonna be a lot easier for you to get the girl. And if you email me at kristenandchill.com, I may even send you a discount code so you can get these world-class skills at a discounted price. That's Kristenanchill.com.
2: All right. Thank you to all of those amazing sponsors of our show. We are back. I want to dive into what I said before the break, like really figuring out, because I love everything that you just said, that you're actually like witnessing a date getting dull and then injecting fun or injecting connection into it. Did you see... Patterns like, or things that people should always remember to do. Like, every five minutes, do something goofy and fun, or every 10 minutes, maybe have like a real moment where you share information. Again, just giving guidance to the guys who are listening to the show about how to keep their dates a little bit more interested and interesting. I'm thinking about Khan Huete in this story, but Khan is
1: one of the daters who, on every date, told the same story about himself. And it was sort of his refrain of something someone had told him about why he's single or why he's stuck or what he's looking for. And it was this metaphor that he was a pizza and he was looking for his missing slice. And he told this, I think I heard it on the screening interview when we met. The dating coach heard it. Both his dates heard it. It was like the same story of like this poor man looking for his missing piece. <laughs> How was
2: it received by the women?
0: The way it was framed was... But he learned a lesson about himself that he used to walk around waiting for that missing piece and that someone pointed out to him that he's the whole cheese pizza and how that has like shifted his way of looking at dating. Right. And Jesse, I think you were going to make a point with that, illustrate a point with that story. Which is that we
1: all tell these stories about ourselves over and over again. And I think on dates is no different that we get stuck in these stories and we forget that it's nice to break out of them. So if you are feeling stuck in your dating life, then it's time to kind of turn the page and think of what's something new about me that I haven't told before or haven't shared before? Or what is a new way to think about this situation that I keep finding myself in? Because we all come in with these stories about ourselves that don't serve us ultimately.
0: And I will say, Khan was actually an exceptional dater. Like on all of his dates, His dates liked him, and typically, from what he's told us, finding dates that want to go on a second date with him is not what's hard for him. So I think he has some things men could probably learn, right? Where he's a very good listener, and he reflects back what it is that the person says they're interested in, or he builds on that. He's also able to, like, not just listen, but empathize and bring in a story where he says, okay, you know, you told me this story about your childhood. I too have an experience that's kind of like that. Hey, look at all the ways in which we're similar. And I think maybe a third thing that he did really well was he was aware that there was plenty of dates to go on. So he didn't put a ton of pressure on this particular one going really well. And Jesse, I think you'd agree. Like After every date, we were like, Khan, you are good
2: at this. (laughs) A yeah. Well, that would be great for some of the guys to go listen to how a man carries himself correctly in a date. Because as you're saying, these girls wanted to date him afterwards. Even you were like, okay, that was good. Which means that you would potentially be attracted or interested after that date and having that conversation.
0: Yeah, I think there is a thin line between like empathizing and just telling people what it is that you think they want to hear. And I don't think he was doing that, but I think it can veer into that territory if you use it too rigidly as a strategy to get to know people. And one of the words we really battled with was love bombing after we had made the series because in some ways it could feel like Khan likes you so much after this date because you felt listened to, you felt heard, you felt engaged, da-da-da. But then if he wasn't interested, you might feel like you got love-bombed. But I think the intention is the big difference between someone who's just a great dater and someone who wants to do the bait and switch, right? So I think having good intentions going into it is really, really critical.
2: Yeah. Can you actually dive into that a little bit more? Maybe for example, like Or a comparison to what would be somebody who's love bombing versus, yeah, sincerity.
0: Yeah. So there are plenty of stories of love bombers recently, right? Because Tinder, Swindler, all of these shows are out there with like, often men, but like it really is, it can be anyone who keeps you so engaged and interested and you think there is a future with this person. But they had no intentions of actually fulfilling that with you. So then you, as the person that they're dating, end up feeling a little bit gaslit. And that, I think, comes from a lack of communication or poor communication, where you don't actually express your intentions and interests in an honest way. So what would be a way to express those intentions? So like, let's say this guy really wants to be
2: casual, right? And he's on dates and he doesn't have time for a long-term relationship, but he really enjoys people he enjoys having sex he enjoys dating he enjoys connection how do you still authentically connect to women because you're interested in that without ending up being a dick afterwards because you're like "Eh, sorry i'm out of here i'm not really wanting what i'm sort of assuming you want how do you pull that off
0: for me as a dater i have been on dates with people like that who will say And I've even been in a position where I'm like, I'm not really sure what it is that I want out of dating, right? So I really appreciate when someone, when the conversation about what it is that we want out of this dating experience comes up, I really appreciate when they say, you know, I'm just exploring right now. And if I meet the right person, then maybe I'll settle down. But for now, I just want to have a good time. And that gives me my agency back, right? Like it says, if I choose to participate and if I want to keep going, great. And if I don't, then I also have the option to opt out. Can I ask you a question? And I, I
2: would like you to be as honest as possible. When somebody says that to you, does it light a fire in your belly? Like, let's say you were in this space for a relationship. Okay. Would it, maybe it's subconscious or maybe it's not even subconscious for you. Would it in some way fuel a fire to get them to think differently? Or would you sit back and go, okay, that's where he's at. I want a relationship. Probably isn't the best I'm trying to ask, would it make him more attractive, actually? like,
0: Oh, great question. And actually something we talk about on this show, which is about attachment styles, right? Yeah. From everything I've learned over the course of making this show, if you have an anxious attachment style where what is attractive to you, like the Aziz, the one dater we talked about earlier, If the chase is what's attractive to you and this person tells you I'm not available for what it is that you want, then that attachment style is going to make you think this person is more attractive. But if you've gotten to a place where you've learned to attach securely or you're choosing to attach securely, even if that's not what you know, then this person slowly becomes unattractive to you because you know that you deserve what it is that you're asking for and you are not going to get it from this person, right? So to bring it back to my own experience, I've never really been anxiously attached. So I've never found that attractive. In fact, I'm probably, I'm more avoidantly attached. So I'm more likely to be the one that's like, I'm not sure what it is that I'm looking for. But I see, I have friends who are anxiously attached who find that very attractive. Did you actually like discover
2: more about adjusting your attachment style like in what it I would love to hear about that I think that's fascinating
0: totally I think it's every time I go on a date and I find myself saying uh I'm not really sure there's now a new voice that's like are you being avoidant or are you actually not sure about this per? like is this logic or is this reality a yeah. habit yeah and so I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm 100% securely attached, but I definitely feel like I veer closer in that direction. And the other thing that happens is when you work on a dating show, you just hear a lot about what other people want. You see ideals like couples who are happily married or happily partnered for long periods of time and you think, okay, what is it that they do well? What is it that they don't do well? So actually, I always say Jessie is my personal dating coach because as we've worked on this season, we've talked so much. She's one of the best daters I know. Even though she's married, she like is very good at building Ooh, all fun. kinds of friendships. who's married is fantastic. <laughs> exactly. That's a fun life. <laughs> don't let Dave hear
2: it. <laughs> I love that. So in terms of you being a great dater, is it because you can give the guidance on how to be a good date? Because you can just see it from a different perspective. Like what makes you the great dater? Are you coming from a more secure place? I didn't even
1: understand attachment styles till we started working on this. And I'm like, I don't resonate with any of those attachment styles. And then I had to figure out what I was and (laughs) why I was. I don't know what makes me a great dater. I really am curious in people about people. Huete and I, I have a lot of meet cute stories, but Huete and I literally met on a subway platform and decided that over time we should work together and the story evolves. But like, my point is, I am open to meeting people in all kinds of spaces. And I feel like that's something that's gotten a little lost as we think about how we date and how we meet is that, you know, waiting online to get on an airplane, on a bus in the library. Like there are so many ways to meet people that they do not have to happen on your phone. And we've sort of forgotten that. I completely
2: agree with you.
0: I'll add to that, which I think will be really helpful for your audience. Jessie is a great dater because she doesn't expect any one relationship to fulfill more than whatever it's meant to fulfill. So there isn't a ton of pressure with any one relationship. Two, she's very, very good at Expressing what it is that she wants without being super pushy. So, when we first met on the train, I was supposed to text her for coffee and I was super busy and I didn't. And she texted me, being like, Hey, by the way, I'm still interested in coffee if you are. And I think those are such small things that can totally change the trajectory of who you deepen a relationship with versus not. Mm -hmm. Are you saying because she took action? She took action without putting too much pressure on it. Mm -hmm.
2: I love it. I think those are wonderful points that I think a lot of people forget. Number one, that there's options around you at all times. Just lift your head and look and then open your mouth and start talking. But I think for me, what I'm hearing is like the biggest thing that you learn from the show and then also the biggest thing that I'm getting from, from what you've learned is about how to actually connect with people. And that if you're just, shooting questions at them, you're not listening, you're not being empathetic, you're oversharing too much, you have rehearsed dialogue. That's going to take away from the connection, whether you're meeting somebody on a subway platform or you're meeting somebody on a virtual date. Those are the things that other people are attracted to at this time. And I think that that's an amazing message to pass on to other people. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much you have anything else that you want to share about your findings? Because I would love listening to this. How about some of the things that you noticed in women specifically? Are there patterns that they have? Like I know a lot of men always ask me about women testing them in some way. And I always tell them that like women don't test for sport. They're not trying to maliciously (laughs) have you fail, right? They just happen to say something and then you answer and they're like, "Mm, well, I don't really know if I like that answer, which is just evaluating, right? The information that's being given to you. But I'd love to hear if there's some patterns that you noticed or saw in women and dating that maybe you didn't notice the same for the men who were part of this show.
0: Yeah. So I don't know that it's necessarily just based on the four daters that you hear on the show. But for me, as one of the producers spending a lot of time screening people, and maybe I noticed this because I relate to it, but people pleasing was a tendency that I heard a lot from a lot of the women that I spoke with who were like, yeah, I mean, I stayed in my last relationship for X amount of years, even though I knew I didn't really want to be in it like month two, you know, or... I said yes to a second date or third date. We do encourage everyone to go on a second date, but I said yes to a third date because he was nice and like I felt like I should. So I think people-pleasing can lead to a form of like poor communication because you're also not expressing what it is that you want. But to be honest, and maybe it's because we get to know these people so deeply over the course of a year of making this show, But we try to really stay away from the generalizations of like men tend to do this, women tend to do this, etc. Because once you dig deeper, the stories and the reasons of why people do the things they do become far more interesting. And I think if I was to give, even for me, like on all of the dates that I've been on, some of the worst dates, like the advice I would give the men is like, I think you really wanted to be heard, but you didn't really want to listen and engage in a way that was generative. So I don't know. I feel like that's the biggest lesson I've learned. Jesse, is there anything you want to add to that? And then I also thought we could give you guys a couple of questions that we use on the show, which might be helpful conversation starters. Mm, Yes, that's
2: what I was going to ask as well. I want all of these conversation
0: helpers. That would be fantastic.
2: My only thing is I was
1: just thinking about Virginia, who was one of the women that we set up, who was also a really good dater. She was really funny. I mean, just like, dry and quick and was fun to just be with you know and i think both the guys who went out with her really liked her and at the end she was like i don't know like i could go out with them again you know and we felt sort of stuck with well what can we do because she's already a good dater and why won't she say yes to another date like what is it that we can do that kind of lights a fire under her because she says she wants to find someone to be with long term if that's the goal so we paired her with a therapist that we work with because we're like, we don't know how to fix this. So we're going to set you with someone who we think could. And, you know, in a 45 minute session, which is one of the episodes, you actually understand so much about Virginia's kind of how she came up and who her role models for love are and that she's really basing it on this very dysfunctional marriage her parents had. And in turn, she was bringing her mother metaphorically kind of on these dates with her with these guys. And she was like quickly summing them up and being like, okay, well, I don't like this and I don't like that. And therefore, like, I don't need to be on the rest of this date. And so, you know, the therapist was like, fine. Yes, we can all look at each other, decide what we don't like. And you can do that, but then put those things in your pocket and then open your eyes to see what you actually do like with this person. Like leave your mother at home on these dates and just bring yourself. And open your eyes. You know, it was like, oh. And I think that that was the
2: thing. She needed someone to say like, your mom can't come with you. For sure. I'm going to throw a question out there and I'm not expecting an answer, but maybe we can brainstorm this. But for some of the guys who are out there who may encounter women like her, are there things they could say on the date or do on the date that could give her that same enlightened moment? Because like, I do like when people can see me, right? And exactly what you were talking about before about being empathetic and like seeing where a person is coming from and then also sharing about yourself. Is there a way for, I don't even know how a man would take notice of this, but to maybe also bring up that question as a conversation or like maybe even say like, what were some of the examples in your past of a great marriage? Like, is there something to bring up on a date because I feel like, again, with all of our fears and I'll call it baggage that we bring to the table, we miss a lot of really great connections, right? And if somebody can kind of be that therapist on the date with you without being a therapist, could that make you lean in towards them more? Like, is it making sense what I'm asking? Yeah, I know that's a lot to put on to you guys, but maybe... I think that that question that actually we asked everyone
1: we screened for these dates, which is, who is your role model for love is so insanely telling as to what this person you're on a date with thinks they're looking for. Like, what are you trying to hit here? Like, is it Bollywood? Because that's what one of the guys who was, that's what he thought love should be. And then you have, you know, the flip side of that, that's Virginia who thinks it's her parents' really dysfunctional marriage, you know? So it's like, I think that is an okay question. And then having an answer for that yourself.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So many people said the Obamas on the application. They they seem to have a great marriage. So I understand them being the role model. Yeah. But even that is telling,
0: right? Totally. I think another way of asking that question is, were your parents good role models for love? In what ways were they or in what ways were they not? I love that. Because one of the most interesting answers we got was like, Virginia actually said her relationship with her parents they modeled love to her in a really beautiful way, but they didn't model it among each other in a way that she wanted to replicate. So I think that is a distinction that leads to such an interesting conversation about like, how do you like to be loved? Like, what is it that you want in a partner without saying what is it that you want in a partner and how can I be, you know? Well, it's not even saying what do you like in a partner, it's
2: saying what have you seen in partnership? Like, what is your vision of partnership, right? Because I I even find that to be a hard question to answer. Like, what do you want out of love? What do you like in love? And it's just like, I rattle my brain as well. I'm like, I don't know. But I think if it's giving you something visual of, you know, what did you see mm-hmm. surrounding love growing up? You're love, totally what's, right. Yeah. So I just think it's a really great way that isn't as, heavy on the person for them to answer that question. Oh, I
0: love that. Yeah. And there's like no one right outcome that comes from that, right? Like you're just discovering and getting to know each other, which for us was one of the most powerful lessons in making the show, which is set the scene to make this the best case scenario, right? Like things we learned were like usually it's better to go on a date where you're doing something rather than sitting across from each other interviewing each other or find a shared activity or whatever, or go to a museum. But once that piece is done, like your job is to just be present, listen and engage in a really genuine way. Like there's no outcome that's gonna be perfect. Like, yes, I know a lot of us date to find long-term partners or whatever it is that we want in that period of our lives. But I think forgetting that and just focusing on where you're at right now is really the recipe for good dating. I
2: totally agree. I was going to end it there because it's perfect, but I forgot I want to have a couple of... Actually, would you be able to do me a favor? Maybe send me over three of those questions that you had people... And then we can put it in the show notes for people to read. That would be amazing.
1: Can we also ask you a favor? Yeah, of course. We would love to have some of your listeners, your male listeners, apply to be dates on the show. Oh, I love that. So we could send over the application, and if you would put that in the show notes, yes, you just tell them they could apply. We do have eleven hundred applicants for next season, which we're doing What do you need more actively, for
2: then? That's a lot of people to <laughs> like go through.
1: A lot of women. That's a lot right. Of
2: women. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So okay. bring on the boys. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you can send that to me in an email, I'll put that out when I post about the show as well. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Can you tell people where they can listen to the podcast? Actually, it's on video, so where they can listen and watch what's going on on these dates? So
0: the podcast, we record video for the viewers or the two daters, but Everything is audio only and it's called This Is Dating. So if you go to thisisdatingpodcast.com or where This Is Dating Podcast with an underscore between each word on Instagram and then you can listen to it on any platform where you listen to podcasts. It's called This Is Dating.
2: I love it. I think it's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show. Do not waste your time downloading individual episodes. That's time that you could be spending out in the real world at coffee shops, on subway platforms, interacting with real women. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week.